You're listening to Cultivate Curiosity, a podcast that inspires the next generation to stay curious. Cultivate Curiosity is brought to you by the Emerald Coast Science Center, a nonprofit interactive science museum and STEAM educational facility in Fort Long Beach, Florida. This podcast is perfect for anyone curious about the world we live in because you never know what we'll talk about next. Hi, I'm Diane Frazier, the director at the Emerald Coast Science Center. Hi, I'm Harley, an educator and the community affairs coordinator at the Emerald Coast Science Center. And hi, I'm JC, and I'm the social media coordinator here at the Science Center. And on today's episode, we're exploring the captivating history, enchanting mythology, and enduring modern traditions of Valentine's Day, while also uncovering the science behind our hearts and emotions. So sit back, relax, and let's dive into the mysteries of this beloved holiday. Valentine's Day occurs every February 14th. Across the United States and around the world, candy, flowers, and gifts are exchanged between loved ones, all in the name of St. Valentine. But who is this mysterious saint, and where did these traditions come from? We do know that February has long been celebrated as a month of romance, and that St. Valentine's Day contains vestiges of both Christian and ancient Roman traditions. The Catholic Church recognizes at least three different saints named Valentine and Valentinus, all of whom were martyred. One legend contends that Valentine was a priest who served during the 3rd century in Rome, when Emperor Claudius II decided that single men made better soldiers than those with wives and families, he outlawed marriage for young men. Valentine, realizing the injustice of the decree, defied Claudius and continued to perform marriages for young lovers in secret. When Valentine's actions were discovered, Claudius ordered that he be put to death. Still, others insist that it was St. Valentine of Terni, a bishop who was the true namesake of the holiday. He, too, was beheaded by Claudius II outside Rome. I, it shocks me that there wasn't a Valentino as yeah. one of the names. <laughs> Valentine or Valentinus. Other stories suggest that Valentine may have been killed for attempting to help Christians escape harsh Roman prisons, where they were often beaten and tortured. According to one legend, an imprisoned Valentine sent the first Valentine greeting himself after he fell in love with a young girl, possibly his jailer's daughter, who visited him during his confinement. Before his death, it is alleged that he wrote her a letter signed from your Valentine, an expression that is still in use today. Although the truth behind the Valentine legends is murky, the stories all emphasize his appeal as a sympathetic, heroic, and most importantly, romantic figure. By the Middle Ages, perhaps thanks to his reputation, Valentine would become one of the most popular saints in England and France. While some believe that Valentine's Day is celebrated in the middle of February to commemorate the anniversary of Valentine's death or burial, which probably occurred around AD 270, others claim that the Christian church may have decided to place St. Valentine's feast in the middle of February, celebrating the Ides of February, or February 15th. Lupercalia was a fertility festival dedicated to Faunus, the Roman god of agriculture, as well as the Roman founders Romulus and Remus. During the Middle Ages, it was commonly believed in France and England that February 14th was the beginning of bird's mating season, which added to the idea that Valentine's Day should be a day for romance. The English poet Geoffrey Chaucer, who was the first to record St. Valentine's Day as a day of romantic celebration in his 1375 poem, Parliament of Fools, writing, For this was sent on St. Valentine's Day, would every fool cometh there to choose his mate. Valentine greetings were popular as far back as the Middle Ages. The written Valentines didn't begin to appear until after 1400. The oldest known Valentine still in existence today was a poem written in 1415 by Charles, Duke of Orleans, to his wife while he was imprisoned in the Tower of London following his capture at the Battle of Agincourt. Several years later, it is believed that King Henry V hired a writer named John Lydgate to compose a Valentine note to Catherine of Valois. 
Cupid is often portrayed on Valentine's Day cards as a naked cherub launching arrows of love at unsuspecting lovers. But the Roman god Cupid has his roots in Greek mythology as the Greek god of love, Eros. Accounts of his birth vary. Some say he was the son of Nyx and Erebus, others of Aphrodite and Ares. Still others suggest he is the son of Iris and Sepphoris, or even Aphrodite and Zeus. According to the Greek archaic poets, Eros was a handsome immortal played with the emotions of God and men, using golden arrows to incite love and leaden ones to sow aversion. It wasn't until the Hellenistic period that he began to be portrayed as the mischievous chubby child he'd become on Valentine's Day cards. History is confusing me. Is Valentine good or bad? Uh, I guess that depends on how your day goes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the legend of St. Valentine and the mythological figure of Cupid adds layers of enchantment to Valentine's Day. But what's even more fascinating is the science behind the emotions we associate with love. Research in psychology and neuroscience reveals that love is more than just a feeling. It's a complex interplay of hormones, neurotransmitters, and brain activity. When we experience love, areas of our brain associated with pleasure and reward light up, releasing hormones like dopamine and oxytocin, often referred to as the love hormone. (laughs) Most biologists point to several different drives that cause people to experience love and chemicals that activate these pathways and deactivate negative emotions. It's amazing to think that such an incredible emotion can boil down to a collection of carbon, oxygen, nitrogen, hydrogen, and sulfur. Love is one of the most complex human emotions, but its basis is in these neurochemicals. Dopamine is one. Dopamine is released by the hypothalamus, a structure located deep in the brain that serves as a link between the nervous system and the endocrine system. Dopamine is a feel-good chemical that is linked to the formation of relationships. Dopamine is involved in a variety of pathways, but it is one of the most widely known love molecules. Now, an increase in dopamine is coupled to a decrease in serotonin. Serotonin is linked to appetite and mood. Its presence is found in to be decreased in people who are in the early stages of romantic love and those with obsessive compulsive disorder. Infatuated people will have a tunnel-like focus on their partner. Oxytocin is also released by the hypothalamus and is stored in the pituitary gland. It is linked to attachment and bonding. The receptors for oxytocin are located in the brain stem and are linked to both romantic and maternal love. Vasopressin is closely related to oxytocin. Vasopressin is also produced by the hypothalamus and stored in the pituitary gland. In males, vasopressin is linked to social behavior, including aggression towards other males. This is the chemical that makes the bachelorette so entertaining. (laughs) It may make men compete. Vasopressin is active in learning and memory in a social context and is a chemical that strengthens bonding and attachment. Estrogen is the primary female sex hormone, so it is obviously implicated in romance. High levels of estrogen are important. Low levels can lead to depression and moodiness, and high levels of estrogen can block serotonin uptake, further promoting attraction. Testosterone is the male sex hormone and is highly related to increased feelings of attraction. It stimulates feelings of love, desire, and paternal care in males, leading to an increased oxytocin. 
Norepinephrine, also known as noradrenaline, stimulates the production of adrenaline. It is produced in closely packed brain cell neurons, most importantly in the locus coriolis in the brainstem. Upregulating adrenaline makes our hearts race and our palms sweat. It impacts large sections of our brain and gives us the fight or flight feeling. Norepinephrine increases joy and can make you lose your appetite. Today, Valentine's Day is celebrated with a blend of ancient customs and modern traditions, from exchanging handwritten love letters to giving greeting cards adorned with symbols like hearts and Cupid. The holiday offers countless ways to express affection. And while flowers, chocolate, and jewelry remain classic gifts, it's the emotional connection behind these gestures that truly matters. Whether it's a romantic dinner, a heartfelt gesture, or simply spending quality time together, Valentine's Day provides an opportunity to strengthen the bonds that connect us. As we've explored the history, mythology, and science behind Valentine's day, we're reminded that love is a powerful force that transcends time and space. Whether you're celebrating with a partner, friends, or family, take a moment to appreciate the beauty of connection and the science that underpins our emotions. So a couple of weeks ago, I was in Verona, Italy, which is the setting for probably the world's most famous and tragic love story, which is Romeo and Juliet. Mm -hmm. And we stayed at this little tiny boutique hotel, and it overlooked what, remember, this is all fictional, right? Mm -hmm. What the people of Verona called Juliet's balcony. And so it was so cute because (laughs) people would come into that little courtyard Mm -hmm. and there was a place where you could leave letters to Juliet, which is also a movie. Mm -hmm. And so you could take a little love note and leave it there or you could pay extra. Um, You didn't pay anything to go in the courtyard and you could actually go up and stand on what they called Juliet's balcony. So for us, we actually overlooked it. So we could take a look at it anytime we wanted to where our little hotel was. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. To see who's maybe leaving yeah, well, a love and then note or something. Yeah, they were up there and on the little balcony. Oh, Romeo, Romeo, where far art thou, Romeo? <laughs> but you know, and it's it's funny that, you know, that's such an enduring story because it's really sad. We have a very tragic <laughs> yeah, ending. very tragic sure. ending. <laughs> Lots of confusion, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what makes it an enduring story, yes. right? <laughs> and that's love. <laughs> Okay, well, that is all we have for this episode of Cultivate Curiosity. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. I don't remember what the topic is, but I'm sure it'll be amazing. See you guys then. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Happy Valentine's Day. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cultivate Curiosity. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at socialmedia at ecscience.org. Tune in for our next episode in two weeks.